Welcome to the Shine Within Podcast. I'm your host, Gina Kunarian, and I am so grateful that you are here. I'm a wife, mother of three boys, certified massage therapist, and an alcohol-free sobriety coach who helps driven women break through their alcohol dependency without the traditional 12-step program. Each week, I will bring you inspiring guests with focus on mindset, health, and spirituality, providing you the tips and tools to help you create unshakable confidence, clarity, and energy so you can unleash your creative potential and live the life of your dreams alcohol-free. So tune in for some fun, and if you are ready to shine, welcome. Hello, lovely listeners. If you're finding value in what you're hearing today, make sure to head over to the show notes. Not only will you find more details on today's topic, but you'll also get an exclusive invitation to join my free Facebook group, Awakened Souls. This community is perfect for women who are either super curious or currently journeying through recovery. Being part of Awakened Souls offers a supportive environment where you can connect with like-minded women, all working towards an alcohol-free lifestyle. Plus... There are special free gifts waiting inside the show notes, (laughs) curated specifically to empower and assist you on your journey. And if you're loving the content, I'd be so grateful if you take a moment to rate this podcast. Your feedback helps me continue bringing you the conversations and insights you love. Let's keep the momentum going. And remember, you are not alone on this journey. I am here to help you every step of the way. Today, we're diving deep with a special guest. If you've ever grappled with the dance of feminine and masculine energies or sought clarity on healing from past traumas, this episode is tailored for you. Sandy will share personal tales and insights that shed light on boundaries, intuition, and the transformative power of truly understanding one's energy. From raw relationships realities to embracing our authentic selves, Get ready for a refreshing perspective on thriving amidst life's challenges. So let's dive in and rediscover the magic within. Here's our conversation. Welcome back to the Shine Within podcast. I have here Sandy Sembler, hailed as the women's embodiment expert, created the Sacred She Method, a unification of her deep life experiences teachings from esteemed mentors, and insights from a pivotal encounter with Tony Robbins. This method empowers women to release their past, embrace their unique voice and intuition, and shine brightly in their full authenticity. Deeply rooted in the belief that how we do anything is how we do everything, Sandy's approach transforms trauma into wisdom, promoting holistic emotional enlightenment. Alongside her husband, John, she co-designed the art of creative relationships, emphasizing healing within partnerships, which results in profound relational transformation. Through Sacred She, Sandy aspires to form a global community where women discover their truest selves with a goal to impact 12 million lives over the next five years through diverse educational avenues. Thank you so much, Sandy, for being here today. Oh my gosh. Hearing you read that back is like, oh, just feels so good. I love hearing your voice just like shower me with all that. So thank you for that. I receive it. And thank you for having me today. Absolutely. Thank you. <laughs> I was just like, yeah, because this is these, you hit every topic that I had struggled with in my past. Wow. Got it. Every topic like uh, we can from, you know, going to the AA to seeking mentors to getting advice and going to new places and working and hustling to also then relationships not working over and over sometimes. And then finally, just having to learn about our energies and how we need to bring out more of that feminine energy and 
Yeah. I guess harmonize with the masculine energy as well. And sure. just that way our relationships can be much better because a lot of relationships outside that we had were fine. But like for me at home, it was like hell, living hell. So I would love for you to just to go ahead and share your story yeah. about your, actually your love story with the uh, sacred she method. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. I love you. You share the love story. Isn't that a great, I friend yes. of mine, me, um, what she's referring to. I always ask people like, what is your love story with whatever it is? And most people think I'm talking about their partners, but no, it really is like what lights you up. Like you and I were just chatting before you hit record. Yeah. Um, Cause it really is where the rubber meets the road, like the grouch to the tile uh, so much more than like when we met our partner, cause mm-hmm. so much happened before we ever got into that relationship and gosh knows, we know after that as well, right? Um, so, you know, I'll just kind of touch on this because just based on the nature of your, um, based on the nature of your of your podcast and um, talking about sobriety and addiction, you know, for me, I actually had my, um, I was 19, I had been in and out of treatment centers for an eating disorder and um, nobody really addressed why I was actually in that space. I mean, I had gone to OA and AA and NA, all the programs would have me go. But quite honestly, I just I just was still in the middle of numbing. And in the middle of the night, one one night I bought, um, this was a long time ago, um, obviously, because we had cassette tapes. And I found one of those infomercials um, that Tony was on, Tony Robbins, and I bought that. And between that and Ogmandino, Greatest Miracle in the World, I was like convicted. And I realized that I was choosing um, to use, so to speak, because I was numbing. Now, fast forward, um, when I was, oh my gosh, 41, okay, I'm 52 now, I was 40, so I was 40, I actually was in another failed relationship, super successful in business, um, had a son, and um, had a network of about 30,000 women that I was leading in a, in a company that I was with, and I was in, like I said, I had left an abusive relationship, um, you know, with grace and style, uh, he tried to take away my story and I did not go for that. And even though I didn't walk around sharing the story, um, I could be in a room of women and I could feel the energy of anyone that had ever been in an abusive relationship. Um, and what I, what I mean is, is it not just physical, but the emotional that goes on. I could just, it's like blood in the water. I could smell it. And then I could relate and I've been in that space for a very long time. Um, it was raised in, a, in an, a, a direct sales family and really got like brainwashed for the good going to all these functions and such. So so anyway, it was um, my best friend, Rachel, who Sacred She is really named after. She, um, I can't do her Australian accent, but she said to me after this, I was in this relationship and went to her bawling and squalling again. She's like, Sandy, because understand, Dina, I had gone, um, I having an addictive personality, you know, can serve us. And the more that I've understood trauma through the years, especially in the work that I do now, I realize that hypervigilance, that go, go, go masculine mode, getting it done is a trauma response to whatever, I guess it's goosebumps from whatever happened in our past, right? And so we're overriding it. I mean, even an addiction in itself is a very masculine thing to do to basically squash the feminine fi- feelings that we're having. And uh, again, I mean, it's just fascinating how the masculine feminine essences are always at play. It's the yin and yang. It's nature. Right. It's, what, it's what it's about. 
Um, but yeah, so she, I had gone through counseling and, you know, three times a week, if I was going to do it, I was going to do it big time. And I was in counseling and, um, you know, all the things Did a two year hiatus didn't date while I was going through that divorce. And my 10 year old son at the time would just say, mommy, your picker's off. You just need to fix your picker and you'll be fine. And so I thought that was true. When I started dating again, um, I ended up in the like same relationship with a different body, a same song, different record, and it was more covert uh, abuse. And it was as if my body was dipped in Rainex, you know, my soul, you know what I mean? Like it would repel anybody, any man that was going to honor me, love me, respect me, adore me, experience me. And I was drawn like a moth to a flame to a man that I was going to have to sing for my supper or, you know, um, had to prove my worth. Right. And I can feel your energy as I read your body. I mean, I, I, I could feel you. I got, I call them God bombs all over. Oh yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I've yeah, been getting right? them throughout this conversation right now, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I high five, sister. I got <laughs> yeah. you. I feel it. And it's just, and it's interesting because, you know, I, and Rachel said, you know, Sandy, you have to look at, like, this is not who you are. She's like, it's not who you are. One of those late night, four o'clock in the morning conversations that we happen to record. And, um, and I'm glad we did because she actually passed away during the pandemic. And so um, I'm just so grateful to her friendship because she, the the masculine in her was like not another minute more i'm going to essentially what i call now in my work husband you and take you to the church and she's like you need to be baptized in the spit of tony robbins because she goes you're so in your story you know i have to you have to go and so anyway so that's how i ended up i was in this relationship um and uh it's interesting i was like it's mentioned i was i'm going to be in this magazine and I, I was pulling pictures from this particular event and my partner at the time was there um the relationship ended there we were actually in fiji at one of tony's big events it was a four-hour intervention i raised my hand when he asked like who's familiar with my work and is it anything interesting and i did and so he, he hung with me and and it was fascinating because that's the first time i heard of masculine feminine energetics and he said honey you know, there is like a strap on, you know, you, you, you need to be castrated because you were so strong, but I'm feeling you. And it's all from fear and his stature and just the, the, the fierceness of who he was, because he was really firm with me. Um, I felt my father had just recently passed away. Um, and I, and actually, oh my gosh, ironically enough, today's the anniversary of my daddy's death. So, whoa, is that not like a cool God wink? Yeah. Um, oh. yeah. And like, I know daddy, me too. Daddy did the best he could, but he left when I was young and childhood ended there was working since I was 12. So yeah, that's so neat how that works. Well, it makes it just, uh, yes, yes. Yeah. Right. Right. And yeah. the fact that you and I can slow down yeah. and experience that yes. and feel it and we can experience each other experiencing each other in that moment that is something girl if you would have seen me you know 12 13 years ago I would have been like what the heck are they doing <laughs> like what's this feeling like oh emotions <laughs> oh like I was really a pretty masculine <laughs> woman for sure and I, and it was, I was a deer in headlights because I so wanted my life to not be anything like what it was growing up. 
So therefore I was controlling. Therefore I would be very critical of those around me, especially men, Uh, especially if I smelled that they might be a little weak. You better believe it. I was like, oh no, we're not going to do that. Um, Even probably with my son to some degree where I was a good mom, but I was not the most nurturing mom. You know, it was, I, I really did have a problem with, with um, feeling um, I wanted to toughen them up. And I know that had to do from what I experienced from my dad directly and indirectly. You rest in peace, daddy. You know, I love you. You know, you know what I mean? So again, I believe we can effectively blame our, our past and we can see where the gifts are. And yet I don't want to spiritually bypass it because I did that for so long with just mindset work that it wasn't until I finally moved away from my years, actually, because I went to work with Tony, traveled with him for several years and loved it. I'm so grateful because he's such a gateway to so many other things. Um, but I am such a fully immersion type of a woman and I wanted to learn and feel it and taste it because I, I finally felt seen, heard and understood, which essentially that and safety, seeing her and understood and safety is the crux of the pillars of a woman. And I apologize. I don't know what's dinging. Um, <laughs> something's dinging. And I, I thought that's I had confirmation a- from your father. It's like, I'm exactly. here. There you go. I got you. Yeah. Thank you. Oh, I love you. You're fantastic. Oh my gosh. That's that just was- confirmation. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. That was like a, a little wink, right? right? Yeah. So it was just to be able to experience life that, that way. And um, I had to know. And so it wasn't until then that things that ever, all the knowledge I had here was just seeping in my cells, seeping in my body. And um, so many people think that, you know, embodiment is about movement and just dancing, but it's not. It really is for me. It's, um, for you and I to experience that and really feel it and allowing that's an embodiment of, of pure joy and curiosity right there. Right. right. Um, yeah. And it's, it's just fascinating. And I'll back up for a second about the addictive personality based on the nature of your show is um, you know, I remember one of my first spiritual teachers when I, when I moved from the mindset work into more of um, you know, this art of embodiment, so to speak is he said to me, you know, Sandy, you have this story that you're emotionally unavailable. I'm sorry, that you only attract emotionally unavailable men like you and I talked about before we hit record. And I'm like, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you know, my picker's off. And he goes, let me just put you through a process. And he showed me very quickly that I was addicted to being disappointment pointed. I was addicted to the stress hormones of essentially trauma, right? I was addicted to that that part of me um, that kind of had a kink around being rejected and abandoned. And I know that sounds kind of strange, but that had me go down. It's like Candyland, you know, you go, it shoots. All right, so now I'm going to go study trauma, you know, and I'm going to study this. And that's why I love the work of the Sacred She Method, because it really is like this cornucopia of all these different pieces on my healing journey that I've kind of shaken up and poured it out um, into, you know, what it is. And I'm able to like parish it into a woman's life um, and men too, because I work with men and couples and I love working with, with teenage girls too. Um, it's like, awesome. yeah, it's so good. God, if I would have known this back then, right. Um, mm-hmm. And I, you know, I'm glad that I didn't because I got to do that. But if I can help women 
and young girls collapse time, energy, money, heartbreak to be able to, you know, basically serve from where they are more authentically um, than, than so be it. So, yeah, I mean, it's a lot there, but he made me see the addiction to that, the addiction to love the, the hormones, because, you know, trauma isn't just the incident. It doesn't have to be uh, this big T trauma. You know, like for the moment you and I decided we no longer are going to use our addiction, you know, I, I have to say I went from, you know, from that, from more of an exercise bulimia is where I was. I mean, with, they literally just study, like if I told you, they just study on exercise bulimia and I was asked to be in it. So what did that do? Fed right back into the addiction, right? Right. I mean, so totally, totally. It's like, oh my, I mean, I can remember. And then they put me on exercise restriction because I was like, you know, all that stuff. And it's like, <sighs> so there I am again, you know, <laughs> significant. So anyway, so I really was able to see how is a symptom to actually something else going on in the brain, because mm -hmm. our brain just wants to make us safe, not happy. And it is trying to go back to basically want to cry. Homeostasis is trying to go back home, even if home was a, just kind of a shit show kind of a thing. Right. I just, and so the more that I can educate people on, it's not just about like, for me going to Christian counseling, you know, three times a week and all the things I did back then. And then I didn't do it right. And then it's like, oh my gosh, and this shame and blame. And then, and there we go again. Mm -hmm. And it's that circle eight. And then my brain went, yep, there she is again. She messed it up again. Oh mm -hmm. yeah. And my body's like, Oh yeah, sister, you messed it up again. It's yeah. like smoking a cigarette for the first time. I imagine I've never, I've never really been smoking, but I'm imagining <laughs> my wife I did. So anyway, I I just think that it's so fun to I say fun to be able to feel our feelings fully, be able to express them. Because if I was have been able to do that back then, I'm imagining I don't have God's eyeballs, but I've seen it enough in other women, and that to be able to be given permission to feel what they're feeling even in those moments when they want to relapse and they want to call the ex or they may want to you know go back and use substances that instead of like instead of like blaming themselves what have you but go back to the feeling because the feeling they're addicted to mm -hmm. it's not necessarily the whatever their their choice is you know um that was freeing that was freeing for me and it made me again realize um, when I get in those darker moments, um, uh, to have the awareness first and to slow myself down and go, okay, wait a minute, what is the familiar feeling I'm feeling? And, mm -hmm. it, and it could be like this very dark, depressed state. I mean, my husband and I were, we're coming out of, you know, that we call it the dark night of the soul of our relationship. And we teach that the, the last 5% of healing happens in partnership because it's so easy to be single. Right. And you know, I went through this beautiful healing process and I did a masculine cleanse, which I take my clients on if they need it. And it's not just about not dating again or not having sex. It's actually the masculine within ourselves to heal the masculine from within, to learn to appreciate the masculine in others, how we can honor, we can go be shoulder to shoulder as strong women, right? Um, we don't have to lose our sovereignty while we also have the superpower of being an oracle for the masculine and others. And that's why, you know, women who get this right, um, right, and learn to harmonize the two, holy cow, we're unstoppable because we take away the toxicity of the 
masculine competition because that's what that is the masculine mm-hmm. competition the comparing and the contrasting and all of that where we have to get ahead um you know that really is more the masculine within that needs to be healed because when you know that 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 you're a walking talking big deal and that there's so much love and abundance in that body that you don't have to compete with the woman right here then that's how we change the world right mm-hmm. i mean that's the power of this feminine reclamation that I love to talk about. It's not like, oh, we have to claim it again. Like, it's more of like, uh, no, we accept that it's always been there. 100%. I love that, what you said. And there's just so many different angles I can like go out of like, oh, which one should I talk about next? What's this? Which one? But oh, you know what? It's so true because, um, so my childhood from the ages, uh, so my dad died when I was a baby. He was murdered. But so my mom brought in a man knowing that I would want a father figure because I would draw pictures of a family and she brought in this man, but he was kind. He never hit me, but he sexually abused me for from the ages of six to 12 years old. And from there, I had a horrible first relationship with um, a guy. We were both the same age, about 15 years old. I lost my virginity to him and he physically was like, possessive and obsessed with like with me and it was scary I never experienced like he shook me and uh he followed me stalked me and we were just freshmen or fresh the sophomores in high school wow and so I had to get a restraining or had to go to court and get a restraining order this was like at a young age so of course then then my senior year then I met a guy much more kind but always giving me stuff like always giving me stuff and I just was like oh this is nice but for some reason whenever I didn't get my way I would physically abuse him. I was the abuser. Yep. Or yeah, that was the yeah, abuser. I get it. Yeah. And so I had all this anger, anger, anger. And, you know, we broke up. And then here, here it goes, partying, drinking, drugs, whatever. And then I met my DJ husband <laughs> in 20, 2000, was it 2003? Oh my right. gosh. So, 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 so. Wow. <laughs> I went- you look like you're 16. How oh, really? Possible? I, I wow. want to be 42 next month. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I had to think about that. It took me back like, oh, wow, 2003. Okay, that sounds very old <laughs> or a long time ago. Well, it was a long time ago. But anyway, and so um, so we got married, but he's also an, uh, an ex-addict of crack or yeah, I think crack. And I didn't know that until after we were married. His brother oh, wow. then told me. <laughs> so I had no idea. But then we would go party, do ecstasy and drink alcohol and everything. And that was our marriage. It was like everything was an illusion. It was fantasy. It was just like all about partying and drugs and sex. And that was it. Well, I started being abusive again and worse because of my drinking. And so that we we divorced, of course. And then here comes my high school, not high school, my college fling around. Oh, hey, how are you? And like, okay, let's give this a try. You know, but I was very vulnerable at that state when he sure. came into my life. I was drinking way more than I probably was because I was just stuck in bed. So he would come over, whatever. So that happened. And then uh, after I went to, I think my first rehab, yes, he was there to try to support me, whatever. It didn't work because he kind of was an enabler because I said, oh, let's go drink. He's like, okay, because that's the first thing we did when, I left the rehab, the 30 day rehab. We went to the casino and we drank and did whatever. Well, then I wound up getting pregnant. I wasn't thinking I needed to get with this guy. 
And I'm like, okay, well, let's try to move in together. So we moved in together after the baby was born, uh, three months, I think, after the baby was born. And then I stopped drinking, of course, because of the pregnancy and nursing. Yeah. However, baby got off the my 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 breast and went to the bottle and I went to my bottle immediately afterward too. Mm-hmm. Same thing. And then the abuse got worse and worse and every my body was getting physically, it was just horrible. So every relationship that I had has just gone downhill. And it wasn't until I surrendered first and foremost, I had to surrender to God first. I was like, Lord, I cannot do this. You know, I wasn't really spiritual religious, but I know there's a Jesus. I didn't really follow Jesus, of course, because of course, whatever I was doing, but I knew there was a Jesus. And so (laughs) I'm like, you know what, whoever is God, please help me. And that's when I had to go to the hospital two weeks later, or maybe two weeks later, for pancreatitis. And that was severe and almost the doctor said, you know, you're going to die in 10 years if you don't stop drinking the way you're drinking. I was drinking a fifth of vodka a day in order for me to function, though. This isn't in order for me to drive, yeah. Uh, yeah. to drive. I get <laughs> so, it. Yeah. Sounds so scary, but it's so true. And so what happened is uh, I said, no, I have two boys. Forget this. <laughs> no. So I was detox. I was detoxing in the hospital. But what a better opportunity for me to go ahead yeah. and become sober and start brand new. And that's what I did. Moved out, got my little studio. Wow. Started brand new. Started going to church. Met a bunch of people. Bible study, like Bible study. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and then women's women's Bible study. And then got a mindset mentor who's a trainer and also a, a yogi expert. And so because of her teacher taught her about all of the feminine and masculine energies and relationships and how they are balanced and this, this, that. I was fed that information, but I, w- I didn't put it into practice, obviously, because I wasn't in any relationship, <laughs> but I was yeah. studying, studying, and studying. I was study her teacher, study, study. What do men do? Okay, study, study. What do men like? Okay, study, study. I was just yeah. studying, studying. So now I'm like, okay, Gina, I'm not going to, I don't plan on having a relationship at least for 10 years, right? So in the prayer request box at church, I would say, one day I would love to have a family unit. One day I would love to have a family unit. I'm thinking 10 years, okay? Put in the box <laughs> every 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 Sunday. Put in the box, not expecting anything. All this sudden, you know, because I was doing children's ministry, there was this cute little yeah. boy that reminded me of my little boy. They're only two years Beautiful. apart. Love him so much. And then I was doing street ministry when we go out and feed the homeless and to share the gospel and just just yeah. give them some yes, give them conversation. Yes, yes. To be honest, just give them conversation. Just have someone to talk to. So they can just share their feelings or whatever they want. And and then I noticed that that little kid's uh, father was in in there not my group but was part of that and so he saw me and then but I was talking to one of our other friends I guess who's our other friend and then uh I said oh, I know your son Isaac he's so cute and I was raving about and then he's like oh you know and so after that a week later he added me on Facebook Facebook and I'm like oh another here we go again Gina no 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 don't do it don't do it you're not ready. <laughs> You're not ready. Yeah. But the Lord had other plans for me. He thought I th- he thinks I was ready because after a week later, then he and I started talking and then we went out to dinner. We were just like, I shared him my full testimony though. I said, you, I'm putting everything out on the table. I am not keeping any secrets. This yeah. is how I was. This is who I am now. And this is who I want to be in the future. <laughs> this is going to be yeah. me. But he was so fascinated by it because his father kind of went through the same thing in India and um it got saved and everything and so he really was kind of resonating with my story and so we just fell in love and really just got married and then taking all of the knowledge i've learned about the whole learning the feminine energy and harmonizing them with the masculine energy now everything feels so 
like we're unified like it's supposed to, like how it was supposed yes. to be so that well, I wanted to share my story with you that's where I know and I appreciate it but I, I there's a couple of things there so I want to make sure that I get this right yeah, I, want yeah, to, totally. I want to interrupt you and I want to say first off um you did something that so many women women do is you were sharing your story so beautifully and um by the way I can't even imagine having a stalker at 15 because one of my old employees I had I had the same thing but I was you know, mm. this was seven years ago and we still have the restraining order and all that. I mean, it is frightening to have someone just completely violate. Well, you already know that from what happened with your stepfather, but I mean, that violation of just no. So it's, it, again, it's another way someone's violating our boundaries, right? So first off, I want to say, I, I, I am just proud of you for your reverence mm. and your um, your tenacity and everything that you've gone through. And there was something that you said that you, I almost diluted your power because you said, well, then, you know, I was, I was, I had my baby and then something, I'm paraphrasing. And then I decided, well, of course I'm not going to drink or whatever, something like that. And it's like, and you, and you just kept talking and I wanted to go like, no, if you were in my group, I would have gone like, no, stop for a second. And I have yeah. like this director take two and I would have you go like, wait a minute, may I, may I, may I honor you? And so may I, may I honor, may I honor you and do a brag for you? Absolutely. Yes. I yes, love so that. The, Thank yes. you. <laughs> the, only, the only thing you need to do is because um, it's typical for us as women that we we forget that our surrender and that our um, our sacrifice, honestly, that it's just sort of a given. And mm -hmm. so you I'm not going to tell you what I'm going to say. It's just after I say a few things, I'll just do a few. You'll just all you have to say is I receive that. And like, just really, really like feel my, my admiration, my love for you and my love for you as a woman and a fellow sister. So would you do that with me? Absolutely. Thank yeah, you. Awesome. awesome. <laughs> so Gina, I wanted to uh, brag with you and brag on you whenever I heard you sharing your story. And there was a moment when you talked about after you had your son and you were in the hospital and you shared you know, that you decided then and there you were going to like stop drinking and you kind of like talked about it really quickly. And I wanted to come back to it and just say, I really brag that you're a woman of excellent character and that you decided, you know, with Will that you would surrender and you put his life before yours. And I just wanted to say that I honor you for that. Thank you. And I received that. Yeah. I, I also know. wanted to brag also how you use your um, your test as your testimony and your message, your message, and you allow God to just be weave, weave God's web as God does into your story. And I know now why, you know, as I know now why I met you, I, I love to do the same thing. I just want to say thank you for being so raw and organic in your vulnerability because the world needs more women you know like you and like me to share that they it's like <laughs> messy and it's freaking beautiful yes totally thank you so much and I do receive all everything that you give me and I I feel that I feel your energy girlfriend when I when we first initially were messaging each other I already knew I was like, yeah, I already right? love this lady. <laughs> I, like, I love already it. knew. I already knew. And so, yes, thank you so much for that. It, it's nice to hear other women uplift other women because that's what I love doing. And that's what I love with, because I'm an entrepreneur now. I would never have yeah. thought I would have a podcast <laughs> speaking to someone like you, uh, yeah. who is an amazing person. And just meeting so many women who are just 
incredible. I'm just like, I get blown away by hearing these stories. And I'm just like, I I love them for that. And they're just, I'm seeing it more and more. And I'm so grateful that I'm actually seeing these women just be more vulnerable, being more authentic and just truly sharing whatever the message they want to share and not and with no apology <laughs> well it, it is unapologetically and and again i mean it's all frequency right i mean we right. And, and energetically we are always transmitting something and the reason why you and i you know had a propensity to you know um attract men who were ultimately going to hurt us and then therefore we would end up hurting them you know, trust me, I've probably, I've, I've definitely had my, my, my share of, of hurting a man too, you know, um, in the, in the name of love. Um, I get it. And it is, it, it's just so interesting too, because we like attracts like, and it is, um, and, and I also love women that are street smart and scrappy like we are, because I would rather have a woman who has gone through the experience that, that I'm just going to include me and, and the bunch. Okay. Like we are like soul sisters that we've been out there in the trenches than a woman who is, and God bless her, this, that basically went from her daddy's home to her husband's home and, and hasn't really had those life's experiences. And again, I'm not judging her for that. It's just that I find that, um, when women come to me that have had those experiences, there's a part of them, especially after they go through menopause, I find that they're like, because by the way, we go through our own midlife crisis too. I call it the tunnel. The tunnel is what we call it in my work. And we want to burn it down. Like, let's burn it down. And I'm like, do we really have to burn it down, you know, to come back? Do we really have to, you know, be in the hospital and have the thing? Do I really have to have yet another failed relationship for me to finally hear God going, Hey, you're worthy of more, (laughs) but apparently I did. And it, um, yeah, there's so many neat synchronicities girl in this conversation, because, um, as I was like, you look editing this, this, uh, this article and, um, they asked me, like, you talk about your faith. So, so candidly in a world of a lot of, yeah, you know, people that are, I mean, I meditate and all the things mm-hmm. and I grew up Southern Baptist and I, and I, and I, and I was in India one time with Tony and I can remember, um, you know, one of the monks going to like lay hands on me. And I can remember, I mean, I just started working with Tony mm-hmm. and I was just like, I'm here for it all. And but I can remember walking up cause they were like laying hands and I was like, God, I'm, I'm, I'm just here. And I'm just like, put a hedge of protection around me. And I'm like, I don't know what's going to happen, but you know, I love you, God, you know, and cause I didn't know, but this was back a long time ago. It was like uh, over 10 years ago when I was still kind of stuck in, in the rhetoric of, of the, of the legalism and all. And I got to say, I learned so much about, um, the art of loving and, mm. and that country. And then also through the work and the diversification. Yeah. I mean, I, I, and meditating and I re- removed myself from all the things that, and things, people, places that did not, um, embody love. Like they, they're like their hands and feet, like let, are we the hands and feet. And it started me with, you know, is this better for the world? What's better for Sandy's better for the world. As long as I know who I'm being, you know, grounded in God's word. And, you know, when I was learning to, um, and I say learning to be loved when I was learning to be loved again, um, after I did my masculine cleanse and all of that. And I mentioned the 5% 
gets healed in partnership, you know, as you know, that last 5% is easy to be amongst it and in the, in a, 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 all by yourself or to be single out there in the world. Believe it or not, ladies, it actually is easier to be single, even though you might be thinking that it's not, to be in partnership where it is designed to trigger us to actually like, bring out the whack-a-moles and for us to, in reverence to God, you know, and our higher, higher self is that we learn to love them the way God would love them. And again, I'm not endorsing abuse or any of that, nor do I know you are. And sometimes it can feel that way because especially if your nervous system is so used to being mistreated, being in a relationship like that may may not be that may not feel normal again so as john and i've been going through our dark night of the soul i mean it has been like whoa i mean like i'm going I mean, where i thought did i make a mistake again you know what's going on because we both because of the safety of my relationship with john my husband i finally was able to start feeling some feelings from childhood where i had a a memory come up last earlier last year around you know so um, something happened with a babysitter and my mom doesn't want to talk about it, but I'm like, wait a minute. But the safety of being in this relationship with John that I'd never had before allowed this to like, like come over here. And I went into some deeper trauma work, which I now like really bring into to my work as well. I mean, my work is a lot of fun and we bring in the awarenesses, right? Because I don't think healing and transformation needs to be so arduous. Then um, you've gotten to know me here. I think fun is good and, and bringing in those 10 versions of us. But yeah, and, and the partnership piece, I think it's just um, learning how to love another while we actually hold, hold the boundaries within ourselves and honor like the feminine in our partner as well. Um, because I think the more we can hold space for them now without them bleeding all over us, because let's face it, I mean, a masculine man that we're constantly seeing bawling and squalling is not going to be a turn on number one, nor is it going to feel safe. Mm -hmm. All mm -hmm. you have to do, I'll give everybody a tip is, I mean, this even happened with our pastor. Um, we, I live in Tampa Bay. So the Buccaneers and Tom Brady was with us and our pastor like loves Tom Brady. And I remember watching him, um, watching him like on ch church online and he, and he was just, and he's amazing. Like, you know, just such a real dude, but his like posture, you know, was like just all laid back like this. And my body's like, mm-mm. <laughs> and nothing to do with what he had on i mean we're in florida super cash you know but it was it was because it is because our brain is it's a primal brain this 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 brain here we are always scanning to see if we're safe especially mm -hmm. women a more feminine being right and are we safe are we safe and a man is all slouched like this we're like see where somebody <laughs> came right now is going to be able to cut them you know what i mean so, totally yeah. And I know, you know, that because you were in charge for so long. And, and, and so, yeah, I mean, those kind of simple things like that, when I can just share with women, and even if it's just 5% deeper in their understanding of themselves feeling into their body. Um, I recently just launched a course called Sacred Respect, which, mm. which we'll talk about um, a, a little bit here is it's this, it's basically a relationship reset because you learn how the art of respecting mm -hmm. men through these different practices. And because it's a lot of fun. Um, yeah, I studied Dr. Emerson who wrote the book, Love and Respect. And, you know, I was able to take a lot of that teaching and then bring it into my speak. So I'll actually share a link with you about sacred respect. And maybe we'll put that in the show notes too. Oh, yeah, totally. Because, um, we kept the price point really low because I want to impact 12 million lives with this. Because remember, I have a son too. And I realized that my emasculation 
of my son um uh, was was very not intentional but but anytime that we're micromanaging it, and I, I use this example all the time with the moms I work with and they're like oh yeah I do that you know we're decorating the Christmas tree my mom would do this all the time and you know our I mean we're basically like this big you know, the trees that big and we're putting all the ornaments on like right here at this level and then how many of us have actually taken and moved the ornaments up so you take a little boy spirit and he wants to help, right? And then we're moving everything around and because we want it to look good or what have you, so innocent, but we've crushed our spirit or any time that our little one wants to help us with the groceries, but we're like, no, 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 that's too heavy for you, you know, or pour it on cereal. That is a way in some ways we're emasculating him. And let's face it, there is an epidemic out there of men. I mean, I hear it all the time from my single ladies or even women that are married and longtime partnerships. Um, Cause I have women like married 20, 30 years who come and work with me too. And they're like, where's masculinity? Where is it? Either they've gone through the tunnel and they've lost the testosterone, or we have a whole epidemic of, of men who don't know how to be men because it has been frowned upon. And, um, and I'll share this to um, understand I'm super hypervigilant to the work. So I'm always looking for it. Um, I don't know if you remember Mean Girls. from Yes, <laughs> I remember that. Yeah. Well, it was again, that same India trip when I was with Tony. And I'm being on the treadmill um, you know, in the morning before we got started with our, with the, the tour. And I, I was, they had Mean Girls 2, which I didn't even know they had that. I didn't on, even know they had that either. Yeah, it, it wasn't a big hit, but let me tell you about this. So this is like the nature, of, this is like the, the nature of the beast, the time the, of, of the time. So there's the, the the character there is, I don't even know who it was. Um, I don't even know who it was, but she was a tomboy. She was a lead character. It wasn't Lindsay Lohan, but it was like that Lindsay. She was a tomboy and she wore, and her dad was a mechanic and she like walked that saunter, you know, that saunter and her and her boyfriend, God bless him. He's trying to open up the door for her for a date. She's like, oh no, I don't need that kind of a thing. And that is essentially been this like women's movement that has basically crushed the spirit of men where socially men don't know, especially here in the States, right? They don't know what to do. I mean, is it so, is it, is it okay? And then look at what we've done to boys. So the sacred respect, I'll send you a link for the show note and I'll actually, we'll do a 10% off code too for everyone as well. That's so um, awesome. <laughs> so it's like bite-sized pieces. So every day you can step in and um, it's, a, it's, it's just, it's, it's beautiful because we are able to actually also heal your relationship with your own feminine and your masculine at the same time. We kept the price point, like I said, low because I wanted to put this in the hands of women um, all around the world. And then also we have like a, a, a kid's version too that you can tack on where it's actually about your voice, but you can apply a lot of this there too. It's just, um, and that was my story. Um, I've been writing this for years and it wasn't until my husband and I got to the other side of what we had gone through where I went and healed that part of me that would smell blood in the water kind of a thing. Um, and then also encouraged him to go do his healing work. And so we had this moment this morning after our devotional time and I both in tears about how far we've come and how many couples we love to serve in this work because so many people, especially if you get married later in life, you know, we use, because they don't realize that a lot of the responses are trauma responses, just like back up when Tony's like, honey, this is just a, your, your success is beautiful, but the hustle is from trauma because you're scared to death your house is going to foreclose like it did when you were a kid. You're scared to death that you're not going to have food. 
you know, you're even though you have plenty of resources and you know that God is good. Our primal, my primal brain until I rewired it was like, oh no, what's happening? And it's not super sexy. I mean, I love polarity work and I love the sensuality and teaching women how to get in their body. And I also know it's irresponsible of some of these polarity teachers out there that aren't teaching us how to actually honor the body when it comes to their uh uh, uh and their uh-huh. Mm -hmm. Also knowing that is maybe even their no, a trauma response. Can we teach them to lean in a little bit more once they understand, you know, what that is within the body? Because it it there's a texture to it. Mm -hmm. And my texture of no and yes is going to be very different than yours because of our DNA. Mm -hmm. So again, not super sexy. And it's so necessary. Um, I think that's one reason why the divorce rate so high is because we don't talk about the the not so sexy part of partnership, especially when you get older and you have a lot of um, experiences under your belt, like you and I talked about here. Mm -hmm. So um, I think the more that we can actually make, I won't even call them mistakes, but but honestly calling our own foul, mm -hmm. um, it, 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 that that people will be like, okay, you know what? If she can do it, I can do it. Because when we're walking around, I think the meanest I've ever had women be to me was women from Bible study, quite frankly. You know, some of my experiences. I've never been- Oh, trust me. That's before. why sometimes I don't like to go to church. Sometimes I just like, no. I know. <laughs> I and, and we need to be this big. Because my mantra is I'm a beacon of light for God. And I share God's <laughs> love in a fun and funky way. So you and I need to be like the Thelma and Louise who don't drive <laughs> off the cliff. We walk into church like we own it. You know, and I'm like, hey, thank you, God. We are here to serve, you know? <laughs> oh, I'm always um, in the front row too. Just like, yes, come on, kids. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. I like barefoot, all the things, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, it is, it is so, and what a gift to finally feel so comfortable in our own skin and trusting ourselves. And that's the thing I talk about, like the rectangle of our zoom here, you know, that, that structure is the masculine. What I'm doing in here in my, in my energy bubble, my energy rectangle, and you're doing in yours, that's the feminine energy. That's the art. It's like the riverbed, you know, is the masculine and the river, you know, is the feminine and if we can actually um, learn that even structure is our boundaries, is uh, is our yeses and our nos, and then also the feminine intuition, because we just we we we've numbed it, we've numbed it, we've 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 you know sedated that beautiful you know feminine center, which is you know essentially our womb space, whether you have a womb or not, our heart you know, and then this beautiful, gorgeous intuition we have here. And then it just blocks our voice. So there's so many practices, you know, I, I share their practical, like, you know, skipping practice when a woman has a hard time with joy and, you know, reclaiming her voice, literally, whether she can sing or not. Um, and all these things that I share, I've experienced in my own journey, because I, I want to be authentic and congruent. And I was a tough cookie. I needed to try it all <laughs> before yeah. I could get here, you know? Yes. Oh, thank you so much for sharing all that. And yes, and I appreciate it. I'm so grateful that you have a listener's gift for our audience. Yes. That's amazing because I, I really think that everyone needs to hop on your programs. <laughs> please. Oh, so, I'm actually, so actually, I <laughs> please yeah. people listen to her. Sandy, this is what she's talking yeah. about because this is what I've experienced too. And just bringing that energy I had to, I have, you know, that's why my marriage, I mean, of course, like 
we have our troubles, but I respond differently now. I don't respond all angrily and aggressive. I say, you know what? I just need some time. Just give me a moment, please. You know, I just do my do some deep breathing and I'll do whatever I need to do. But even if, but you know, but girl, even if not, I mean, there's something like I, I actually will give a woman a temper tantrum practice because there's a little teen. We always talk about the the inner child, but there is, and I have a feeling you, I mean, when I found out the inner, inner teenager, I was like, oh yeah, she's pissed. She lost her childhood, you know, <laughs> give it back. So I, you know, I have, a, you know, my, one of my signature courses is, is the sisterhood, which is when women, we come together all around the globe, but we do it obviously virtually and I do live events and I have mentorships and such. Um, but it, there's nothing better than women witnessing women. Mm-hmm. And because something literally within the brain, when we actually witness another woman or another person, and I'll back up real quick, just make sure I clarify what I was saying. I teach women also, there's a reel I have on Instagram and it's about how do you hold space for your masculine partner? And it is, it literally is a timed practice where he feels our Zoom Redwood. He feels the masculine in us and he's allowed the freedom for us not to judge him. And maybe it's three minutes where he gets to emote, stop, whatever it is. And no, granted, that was happening all the time. You know, no, you know, and I, I learned too, with my ex-husband, I thought that he was so masculine um, with, because he has such a, such a hot temper. And then I found out that temper tantrums are actually quite feminine, right? And so when men are like, right. we're, who've been hollering at games and stuff like that, or we're throwing our cards because we, you know, we lost our hand. That's very feminine because a masculine being, you know, like you're holding space for me right now, right? And if you and I met for lunch, you know, you probably would be moving your body around more and talking more, but you're holding space for me so I can feel safe to explore. That's the beauty of feminine leadership, especially to weave it in. And we need more men to get in touch with their feminine so we can have more heartfelt leadership. And by the way, ladies, a lot of that has to do with us, not judging them for when they do show us their heart. So, um, yeah, there's just, there's so much there to unpack, but yeah, I love, um, I love women and I can honestly say, I don't think I always did. Me too. <laughs> yeah. I never loved them as much as I love them now. Tell you that I know. I'm like, I love their heart, <laughs> their, their heart. And to be able to witness them, like, yeah, I, I can take up space and that's okay. So um, I have fun getting to know women. They give them special practices. Um, I'm, I was just at a, a meditation retreat and um I have actually a, a, a statue of Jesus meditating on my mm-hmm. desk. And, um, and I remember uh, one of my friends was like, is that like sacrilegious? Is that okay? I'm like, Jesus meditated. Are you kidding? So of course I loved it even more. One for oh outside. my goodness. You yes. Know? He but, meditated um, for yeah, sure. <laughs> yes. He, I mean, we meditate on the Lord. We meditate. I mean, meditate going into this, this call with you. Um, but I was at this meditation retreat and met a woman who um, went a brief encounter over, over dinner. We just met and I was talking to her about the way she was. She said something talking about her, her and her husband married 25 years. And she was, um, there was just some disconnect and, and I'm like, basically talking about her walk. Mm. And there's so, our, so much trauma and our, our story gets stuck in our hips, especially the more that we sit. And so I was showing her how there's a way that we can walk where it allows our body to move, you know, where we're, our hips are moving. And it, mm. and it just starts un, unlocking and unlocking and unlocking. And we're, we've been you know, messaging back and forth on Boxer. And she's like, oh my gosh this is actually like working. And all I'm doing is just, and it feels awkward because our 
body, we're so used to now being very angular. And, you know, if I'm going to go and get this, the, the can of beans at the grocery store, I'm going to walk right towards it versus making it a little delicious, you know, while we're going. So there's so much juice in that. I mean, I could talk about this forever, as you can tell, because um, it's so necessary in our, in our wild world that we live in, where we want, um, in a world of chaos, where we need we do need structure and we do need boundaries and we do need, you know, um, organization. And it's also our feminist spirit that will add the art and the light and the, um, and the, the surrender in a way that's just so, so, so beautiful. Yes. I love that. Yes. The embodiment. And it's so true. So I'm doing these practices with my spine. (laughs) Yes. From the sacral to, you know, the, the crown, the kundalini practices, even like trying the movements of, oh, my back just craps, or craps, <laughs> my back just craps. <laughs> it felt crappy before because we went to an amusement yeah. park with the kids yesterday. And so I went on these little roller coasters. So I'm, <laughs> I needed that adjustment. But yes, that movement in the hips. And, you know, to be honest, when I was doing those movements, intercourse was actually more <laughs> pleasurable. Yes. 100%. I was like, oh, wow, it was easier to actually have a to climax. And normally when it's yeah. a little bit longer and harder for women, it was very much faster. I was like, oh, this is new. What have I been doing differently? Ah, those movements in the hips. Yeah. But you know why too? It, it's, and it's, it's the movement, but it's also, it's the, it's the, um, when you attach a when you attach an emotion to mm. to a moment like you are right now, you're like, oh, I have more orgasm when I'm moving my hips. That you, there's muscle memory there. The issues are in the tissues, right? And so what happens is, is that you you're literally in training your body to call in more recept- receptivity. You're calling in more pleasure, and that's why with the women I work with, it's always like to move ten minutes a day, and oh, yeah. whether which to, to random songs. I have like a playlist that you know hit hit hit, you know, shuffle and just go. Um, but anytime you, you, I'm pointing over here in my, my, my office uh, door, like I have a practice that anytime I go through a door frame, I just, I do like a little check and I feel it. Do I feel crunchy or, or rigid? And just, you know, whether it's, you know, or, totally. or just whatever it is, something that actually just will get me back in my body. Um, Cause most of the time it, during the work day, we're not. So even if you have to set your alarm, you know what I mean? So there's so much. I know you and I could talk forever. About <laughs> I know. We, we yeah, always I appreciate yeah. you so we'll have much. To come, I have to come back. We'll have to do another show, a continuation show for sure. Because <laughs> I can love go it, on forever. It. But yes, love where it. can our listeners follow you and find you? Yeah, I love it. Thank you. Uh, so Sandy Sembler um, on, you know, on Instagram is always a great place. And I know we're going to put a couple links here with some gifts. A great way to get started in the journey is sandysembler.com slash quiz. And that takes you right to one of my quizzes. And uh, I do have a masterclass coming up. I don't know when this is going to be be broadcast, but um, within a week. I, oh, good. Oh, good. It's sandysembler.com slash masterclass. And you'll have all that because it's oh, yeah. actually around feminine reclamation. Um, a lot of what we're talking about here and that more surrendered but empowered place of sovereignty. And that's a free masterclass just to, for have people come on and and it'll be a lot of fun. So lots of different places. But sandysilver.com and Instagram are probably the best places. I got some fun reels for teaching. And yeah, so I cannot wait to talk to you again. You are yes. magnificent. Oh, you are too. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So we'll have a continuation for sure. <laughs> Thank Perfect. you so Thank much you. for being on my show. And God Thank bless you. you. <laughs> See you later. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. 
To my cherished listeners, from the very depths of my heart, thank you. Every single one of you who've showered me with those warm five-star reviews, your kindness shines so brightly. And if you haven't yet, know that your voice and support always matter. Your unwavering love has lifted us onto Feedspot's esteemed list of best women's sobriety podcasts, and it truly warms my heart. With immense love and care, I've created something for you as well. Introducing the Overcoming Challenges mini course, crafted especially with the intention to guide and support you through life's varied phases, because we all deserve gentle guidance as we navigate life's tides. Furthermore, I have two heartfelt gifts for our listener family. One is a seven-day challenge, a tender beginning for those curious about sobriety, and the other, a personal sharing from my journey, six-step blueprint to an alcohol-free life. This encapsulates the loving steps I took, I embraced beyond AA and the traditional 12 steps that have nurtured my own sobriety journey. To embrace these tokens of gratitude and love, simply text GIFT, that's G-I-F-T, to 1-855-649-6196. Again, that's G-I-F-T at 1-855-649-6196. With all my love and deepest gratitude, I cherish each and every one of you.